Well, here I am. Um, happy Tuesday, everybody. Um, what did we just watch? I am still absolutely shaken. My heart has not stopped since about 11 p.m. last night, and I have no words to describe my feelings or emotions. Well, I've got a few words, and I'm about to say a bunch of them, but Welcome back to M Nation and welcome to the morning after, well, technically afternoon now, the Wild and Stars Game 1 at the American Airlines Arena in Dallas, Texas. Um, downtown Dallas, Mark Cuban's penthouse hosted the Wild and the Stars Game 1 last night. Of course, the Stars earned home ice advantage, finishing second in the division, Wild finished third. But yet that didn't matter. The Wild come in there and they play one of the best periods they played all year. They played the first period phenomenally. They controlled it. They played grit first, and they did not get into a track meet with the Dallas Stars. If they get into a track meet with the Dallas Stars, respectively, it is not going to go well for them. That is not the type of game that they need to play in order to keep being successful in this series. They need to play the type of game where they played in the first period last night. Crisp passes. Everybody is working as hard as possible, and they're throwing their weight around without getting behind in the play. Ryan Reeves had a lot of ice time last night. And it's just like the game changed, of course, after Kaprizov got that tip-in goal to start the game. The second period is where things really exploded. The second period started off, of course, by Dallas getting two power plays in quick succession, and it took them a total of 16 seconds between each power play to get two goals scored. And just like that, the game was flipped on its head. And when we think about it, I think that moment really scared a lot of Minnesota fans because of what we've seen in the past and how quickly Dallas was able to get that lead back. And we knew it would be a very big, we didn't want to make it a very big uphill battle to get that goal back. So what the Wild did was uh, the Matt Dumba thing happened. Midway through the second period last night, or maybe five minutes in, whatever it was, Matt Dumba, Joe Pavelski gets a puck behind the wild red line in deep in the wild zone. And he, he dumps it further around the corner. And about two seconds after he dumps this puck around the corner, he never saw him coming. Matt Dumba, who was skating backwards, skates right into Joe Pavelski and absolutely levels him. He went head over heels. Dumba himself went flying into the boards from how big of a collision it was. But Joe Pavelski went flying he basically landed on his head, and he was knocked out cold for a solid, like, 15 seconds. There was a big scrum, and um, Dumba ended up getting two minutes. Um, Dallas player got two minutes, or what, what was it, 10 minutes for him as well? Um, I th yeah, I think the Dallas player got 10-minute misconduct, but just a two-minute minor, whatever, and they just played four and four for a little bit. But that was able, that moment was the pivotal moment in what was turning the tide of, okay, this is just the stars playing super fast and all the stars have all the momentum back and now the crowd's into it. Nope. Dumba became public enemy number one, and it gave the wild a chance to get back in the game. I forget who gave him the outlet pass, but about two minutes later, three minutes later, um, Sam Steele got this incredible pass that sent him on a breakaway um, to the, to, to Jake Ottinger and he ended up scoring on a breakaway and it tied the game. And then we would not get another goal for about two to three hours. And we had a very stressful third period. We had a very, very stressful first overtime. 
Um, the Wild could have won in overtime, uh, like three minutes in, had it not for had it not been for the incredible glove save by Jake Ottinger. It was there. There are no words to describe how great that it wasn't. The it was there was a couple of good opportunities. Dumba had the first one, and then we had a first shot, and then the rebound save that Ottinger made about five minutes into the first overtime was insanity. It was insanity what happened. And then they make it, they play through the first overtime. At this point, it's like midnight. It's getting closer to 12, 15 in the morning. They have to resurface the ice again. And we come up for double overtime. And Wild get another good look. May have been their final good look of the night. And then Dallas gets this wide open net on this pass across the crease. And Brock Faber not missing a beat. Brock Faber, the same kid who was playing in his third NHL game, Brock Faber, who still lives in Dinkytown, Brock Faber, who's, who has finals to do in a couple weeks, Brock Faber gets his stick and he gets it in the way of an open net Dallas game-winning goal. One of the greatest defensive plays in Minnesota Wild history. In double overtime, everyone is completely gassed and Brock Faber Three games in the NHL did it. Insanity. A couple of minutes later, Ryan Hartman, right place, right time, defensive breakdown by Dallas. I think Ryan Hartman, he basically, for, to, to call a spade a spade, he essentially, he skated around the back of the net, and I'm pretty sure that Dallas just forgot that he was there. So by the time he came around the front of the net again, there was literally no Dallas defenseman in the crease, and he had a wide open net. Um, to get around and score, and it was it was incredible. It was an incredible moment, and there's really nothing more you can say about it. Everybody celebrated. They got off the ice, um, and every single time, every it was a the game ended at one o two in the morning Central Time. Which, if you, if you're not a geography whiz, please understand that both Dallas, Texas, and St. Paul, Minnesota are in the central time zone. And I'd like to say that 90% of everybody who cheers for both of these teams live in the central time zone. I am disgusted at how the timing works for these games in the early rounds of the playoffs for both the NBA and the NHL. We can talk about the Timberwolves and how they literally started at 9.30 the other night, but an 8.30 start time is just on the edge of that's ridiculous because you can see what happens when the game goes to overtime. If the game had ended in three periods, it would have been it would have been a slap on the wrist. Okay, can we just do better next time? How's how's 7.30? You know, how's 8? But you see what happens. The Wild went to double overtime, and if you watch the whole thing, it would have been 1 in the morning. There were a lot of people at that Dallas game last night who literally left because they wanted to beat the traffic home. They didn't want to get home at three in the morning. There were a lot of people who were like, guys, our kids have school tomorrow. I have to be up for work tomorrow. This is absolutely ridiculous that the NHL thinks it's okay to have these games start at at um at 8.30 local time. And it's like, what was the game on before? It was the East Coast game. It was Carolina and um, whoever, and the Islanders. I don't understand why yes i i understand it's a weeknight why can't you start that game at five if you're so worried about getting these games in or call call me crazy why don't we just it's just 
it's so unbelievably frustrating that it's always the same teams who get put to the back of the line when it comes to priority timing. It's always Minnesota. It's always Dallas. They're always. You think the Rangers are ever going to play an eight an eight thirty start time local? No, that's never going. You think Boston is going to play an eight thirty start time local? No. Even the, the even the LA Kings are going to get priority. Edmonton's going to get pr- priority because they have Connor McDavid. But the next two games for the Wild both start at eight thirty. That's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. And then the one on on Sunday will start at five. Whatever. But. It's ridiculous that they, I know what they're doing. I know it's a money thing. I know they make more money when people watch Boston and New York or whatever. They're going to get more national viewers than than the stars in the wild. But it's unfortunate. But you look at this game last night. That Dallas-Minnesota game one last night was one of the greatest hockey games that I'd ever seen. I've seen a lot of hockey games. It doesn't get much better than that. From phenomenal goalie play, defensive play, puck control, um, and forward play, and then just double overtime drama, it does not get any better than that. And yeah, you're going to have more niche fan bases there than a Boston or a New York. But it's just, it's so frustrating. And the NHL really, I I don't care if ESPN is going to lose money. I don't care if ABC is going to lose money or if Disney is going to lose money. If these games, if if you have to throw one of these games on on, um, ESPN Ocho for all I care. Throw one game on ABC. Well, I know it's difficult because the NBA playoffs are in this. Whatever. You you get the point. Um, on the the game itself, that apparently they gave them like food and ga- if I was Dean Evison and you get back to that, you get to the intermission between the first overtime and the second overtime. I get one of the team staffers to pour out orange Gatorade, tr- uh, fruit punch Gatorade, whatever you want, and just pour thirty g- glasses of it. And they look. I know. I know. There's only like 20 people on the team, but you look around the room and you just look at every single player, even the equipment manager <laughs> with a uniform on, and you say, "Everybody is drinking a glass of Gatorade right now. Everybody is eating a granola bar right now." Because, make no mistake, this game was a war. This game was an hour and nearly 40 minutes of everything that you had. This is the tone-setting game for the series, and respectively, whoever loses this game has gone to all of that work for nothing. If you lose this game, you not only lose the game, you've got to make up for it now. Now you don't get anything. And respectively, I genuinely don't believe that the Wild would have been able to win the series had they lost this game because they blew the lead. And yeah, I know they're probably going to win a couple games in St. Paul. But if you want to win this series, you desperately need to win at home or win on the road. And the Wild got that done tonight. And yeah, we know what happened against Vegas two years ago. We know what happened there. But it's never a bad idea to win game one. Now, the Stars, they got to look at themselves in the mirror and they got to say, hey, we just played for almost two hours and we got nothing out of it. And now Joe Joel Pawlowski's injured. I would never wish for anybody to be injured. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that you lost everything now. And you don't get jacked for it. The Wild get a win. Now the Wild are 15 wins away from a Stanley Cup, but more importantly, they're three wins away from getting out of Dallas and moving on to Colorado. Um, And we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But regardless, Philip Gustafson. I saw that that Dean Evanson was going to start Gustafson, 
um, yesterday afternoon, and I said this on my Snapchat story, Gustafson is the only choice that he could have made. It was the hard choice, but it was the right choice. Philip Gustafson plays very similar to Flurry in his numbers, and yes, he has more wins and he has a higher save percentage. They're both good options, but the main difference is this. Gustafson is your hot hand, and Gustafson plays quietly. And in the playoffs, you need to play quietly as a goaltender. If you have a goaltender who can make 45 saves or whatever Gustafson did last night, if you have a goaltender that can do that for you, that's gonna that can single-handedly win you games in the playoffs. And I'm not saying that Gustafson single-handedly won that game for Minnesota last night because if that was the case, we would have won um, one to nothing or two to nothing. Um, but you get what I'm trying to say. I think Gustafson is the only correct choice to start game two. It's the only correct choice. And you know what? If the Wild go up two nothing or three nothing, maybe, maybe then you say. Flurry, let's see what you can do. Maybe then, if if you go up three nothing, but I think Gustafson is the only choice when you're on the road. When you're on the road in Dallas in that incredibly hostile environment with those fans that are that loud in an arena that big, you need your quiet goalie to win this game. And I think Dean Evanson will be making a huge, huge mistake if Flower is between the pipes for game two. I think game three. Or game four is the completely correct choice on where to do that. But um, the Timberwolves and Wild are both going to play tomorrow. Timberwolves got two days off, luckily, um, after basically playing playoff basketball for the last week. But the Wild and the Stars game two from Dallas is going to be tomorrow at 8.30 p.m. Again, hopefully they don't go into um, double overtime for the second time. I actually called out of class this morning and told my teacher that I had flu-like symptoms. But um, regardless, you get what I mean. Um, yeah, happy happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Brock Faber is a Minnesota legend in the making. And um, let's go wild. Three wins to go to get out of Dallas. 15 more wins to look up. We got this. Who knows?